0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the
2: Tennis Podcast. Well hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, the first edition of 2014 and the new tennis year is upon us. We are a day away from the Australian Open and Catherine Whitaker and myself David Law are ready to get cracking with plenty of tennis chat. Catherine, how are you doing? It's the middle of the night where you are in, in the UK, isn't it? Well it's beautiful outside here in Australia.
1: Oh well, lucky for you. <laughs> My how the tables have turned.
2: Yes, a year ago we were in completely the other the other um, way around, weren't we? I was in England talking to you with your, your fan on in your sort of uh, 40 degree uh, heat in Brisbane. But uh, here we are, and I'm in Melbourne, and in fact it is uh, overcast skies outside at the moment. It was uh, It's only about 25 degrees today, uh, Celsius, but it is going to be 40 25 on Tuesday.
1: degrees, that's not how they advertise Australia on the telly. Twenty-five degrees in, in the peak of summer.
2: Yeah, it's rubbish, I, isn't I think you it? need well, to ask
1: for your money back, David.
2: Yeah, I know. Well, apparently there was one moment last week where I looked at the uh, the weather forecast. You know when you can predict it ten days ahead, and the uh, the weather forecast said it was going to be fifty-three degrees next week. Whoa, whoa! I've never. I don't think that that's actually possible. I, don't, I think if I if I was in fifty-three degrees, I don't think I would exist anymore the day after.
1: Yeah. Oh th- gosh. 53 if that's the general weather forecast imagine I mean generally you add you add several degrees don't you for what it's like actually on a tennis court in the cauldron of a of a stadium. I know. Do you? Well, yes, generally speaking, I mean the temperature on center court for example during the Wimbledon final was several degrees hotter than 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 the the the, the general air temperature. At the time, I think is that not the? Uh, so if I made so that up, I, I don't have the science uh, that, to no, back that, that up. But um, but I'm pretty well, sure. <laughs> you,
2: you, you're one of those who, who, for scientific purposes, puts a frying egg on the uh, on the court, aren't you? Oh, to, yeah, show, yeah. to just to just prove it. Yeah, yeah. There,
1: there are scientific yeah. reasons for that. It's not just because someone fancies an egg at that particular moment.
2: Although you know, it does have the sort of double benefits doesn't it it's a good photo
1: opportunity isn't it it captures good photo
2: opportunity and if you're a bit hungry you get a free egg (laughs) um the uh the coaching fraternity has changed a bit hasn't it since we were last on certainly has imagine if we were sitting in the royal albert hall where we were working at that champions tour event the stator masters and basically the, the, half the field has become coaches there, yeah. and, and then the, we've added a few more on as well. I mean, crikey. Boris Becker and Novak Djokovic. Let's just run through them. Boris Becker and Novak Djokovic. Goran Ivanovic and Marin Cilic. Andy Murray with Ivan Lendl has been going on for a couple of years. Uh, Stefan Edberg with Roger Federer. Sergei Bagheera and Richard Gasquet. Kane Shikuri with Michael Chang.
1: Mm. It's all happening. Andy Murray, trendsetter extraordinaire.
2: How much do you how much do you buy into that? Do you think that that is why these other guys have got involved because Lendl has started a trend?
1: Not exclusively, but in large bit in large part, yes, I do. Absolutely.
2: I mean, what do you think the Champions Tour players were a bit jealous? The sort of you know the Boris Becker's.
1: I think possibly there's been a bit. Of, ugh, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm guessing here, but I think quite possibly there has been a bit of proactive movement on their part i think possibly they have seen that and they have put a few calls in to say you know i'm interested if anybody if anybody out there in in at the top of the game does want a former champion giving them some input i think possibly there has been some of them putting in a few calls what do you think
2: yeah no i i i I mean, I th- I definitely think if people were uh, subsequently asked, I mean, I remember asking Martina Navratilova in a match I did uh, for Five Live at the US Open, I asked her, you know, we we're, were watching Andy Murray, I said, if you know, there's Ivan Lendl, somebody from your generation, and he's had such success with Murray, he seems to have got a lot out of it, would you like to do the same? And she was, she was absolutely adamant she would love to. You know, she would love to work with the top player, but it has to be the right player. And... And I do think that that it has opened the eyes of the former players to how much fun or how much of a challenge it would be to work with a top player and see if they can have an impact, see if they have something to pass on. Uh, um, absolutely. I uh, mean, it,
1: it makes total sense to me. I mean, you and I have, have first-hand, well, I suppose, second-hand experience of how difficult retirement can be for players and certainly how difficult the transition into retirement can be for players not just in tennis I'm sure but obviously that's what we've experienced Um, and I'm not saying they're all going to rush into it straight away I think you know there's obviously going to they're obviously going to still large a lot of them need that time away from tennis but I think possibly what's put them off considering it in the past is the travel isn't it they don't want to be on the road 30 weeks of the year anymore but then a lot of these arrangements do seem to be whether formally part time or certainly not 30 week a year you know week in week out at every tournament arrangement certainly uh, I think Bruguera and Gasquet and certainly um, Nishikuri and Chang are both sort of Part-time arrangements, aren't they? So yeah, uh,
2: and so, and so so is Edberg and, uh, yeah. and Becker as well. I mean, Be- I think Becker's signed up for twelve to fourteen tournaments, sort of sort of thing. And I think Edberg has has said something like ten. Yeah, um, which which sounds about. I mean, you know, we know it. We know Stefan Edberg quite well, and I mean, he's a he's a he's a very serious family man. He's he's got his own business. He doesn't need this, does he? But I mean, it's Roger Federer. For goodness sake, if you're mm. gonna. Try to just add that little bit extra at the end of some, you know, or at least in the twilight of a great player's career. I can completely understand the, the Edberg Federer one.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to the others in more detail. That's probably one of the ones that makes the most sense to me. Um, but it's, it's almost like a bit, you know, these sort of 10, 12 week a year. Roles where many of them, Djokovic, for example, is is keeping on, Marion Vider. You know, so they've still got the, the, you know, the the workman coach that's there week in week out. It's almost like a consultancy coaching role, isn't it?
2: So, what do you think the players? Those, I mean, certainly that those top players, Federer, Murray, Djokovic. What are they looking for here?
1: Well, I Djokovic, frankly. I haven't got a clue because, in all honesty, I think the Beck—I think it's bonkers. I mean, I think it's fascinating, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. But I cannot—I can't make it make sense in my mind. Djokovic and Becker—I can't. It, 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 it. Two plus two equals five. There for me.
2: Hold on, Boris Becker's won six Grand Slam titles.
1: Yeah, but okay. So Murray teams up with Lendl. He's he's got he's evidently got all the skills. What's missing is is the extra 1% that makes somebody a champion. He he gets a Grand Slam champion on board to essentially teach him how to be a champion. Um yes, I'm 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 sure there's been some technical coaching, strategic coaching, all the rest of it. But essentially that's what it is. Um I could I could understand somebody like a Burditch looking at Murray and Lendl and their relationship and thinking, right, that's what I need. And him putting in the call to Becker. Who knows, maybe he did and Becker said, no, we don't, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going on behind the scene. But that would make sense to me. But Novak Djokovic, with all the Grand Slams that he's won, with being world number one, he doesn't have a game that's similar to Djokovic. I don't to Becker. I don't see him evolving his game to be more similar to Becker or how Becker used to play. You know, he went through that phase where he had the volley coach. He had Mark Woodford on board, didn't he, for the volleying coaching? So I don't see it as a. A technical or tactical move and he doesn't need anybody to teach him how to be a champion so maybe he just feels it would reinvigorate but, him a bit and be fun and exciting but I, don't
2: forget don't forget though in 2013 Catherine Novak Djokovic lost two of his big no in fact three of the biggest matches he played in the year and and a and a and a world-beating all-time great year became a good year in his. I mean, okay, we're talking relative levels here. But Djokovic won Australia, then he lost an incredibly close match in the in the final throws to 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 Rafael Nadal. Then he lost the Wimbledon final. Then he lost the U.S. Open final.
1: Yeah. How would so, how, how would Boris Becker? Prevent that from happening. How, I, Psych, I mean,
2: psychological levels, mental mental strength. You know, um, I don't know. I didn't see any. But he, he's a, he. You know, Boris Becker has a presence. When he's in the room, he has a presence. When he looks you in the eye, he's frightening. Um, there's something about him that he is a champion himself. Who who's to say that by having the conversations they're going to have that. Djokovic can't just tap in to that extra one percent himself that would have given him those three Grand Slam titles that he ended up losing out on.
1: Absolutely, and 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 Djokovic knows himself better than I do. Um, so of course I, I, I'm, I, I, of, of course I'm not ruling out the possibility that it could help. I'm just saying, you know, with my the way I see it from the outside is that that's not what. That, that wouldn't have been what I'd have thought he needed and certainly my my reaction when I saw that news was was shock shock I mean excitement it, I think it? it's brilliant um it yeah, uh yeah absolutely
2: I tell you what I'll, I'll be honest I've been playing devil's advocate because although I think those are all legitimate arguments that I that I've put forward there as reasons why he's probably gone this direction and I think they are probably the reasons um but in all honesty I don't really understand it in as much and it's nothing against Boris I mean Boris is is a great champion and I'm 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 really pleased that he's back in the sport in this in this sort of capacity but of all the players there's only him and Nadal who I think don't need anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree, <laughs> really. agreed. I, I,
2: I don't, I don't. I mean, you, you know, Djokovic is is the world number one, and he is the man to beat here in Australia. Regardless, I, I don't quite get it, really, what what the the need is. But I mean, listen, Novak knows his own mind and his own needs better than any of us, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, that's what it's come down to, and I don't, you know, I don't question. Is I don't think that I'm in a better position to judge what he needs than he is himself. I'm just saying, you know, as an outsider, I, I was uh, pretty gobsmacked, and I can't, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I can't entirely make it make sense to me, but I, I, I eagerly anticipate the unfolding of that coaching relationship. And I hope, I, I hope that... Boris is sort of, you know, I don't know what sort of deals these guys sign, how much he'll be able to to talk. You know, I hope he is pretty open and, and you know, talks to you guys out there and tells you in what sort of capacity they are working and what sort of advice he's giving. Obviously, he's going to have to hold back with what he says to the media to a certain extent. But I hope we do get an insight into these sort of inner workings of of how of how that relationship functions
2: well Boris is pretty open isn't he and he's pretty active on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of thing so you know I do think we, we we're going to get an insight and, uh, and I think he does enjoy the the theatre of it all so I do I think we'll see plenty of Boris out in the open and and in fact Novak is is quite open as well in many ways let's just hear what a few of our um, listeners think uh, about these latest hookups. I asked um, which of the the coaches we think uh, of the big name coaches that have just signed up will have the biggest impact. Uh, Malon Tennis says, I give Becker and Djokovic six months at the most. Um, At N. Nemeroff says, Djokovic, Becker. Not sure it will be because of Becker though. (laughs) (laughs) I.e. that they'll be successful, but in spite of Becker. Uh, Sirius Piff says, define successful, Djokovic will have the best season, I'm just not sure it will be specifically due to Becker, a bit harsh isn't it, uh, and uh, and here's a left field one, uh, not a not a hook up that we have discussed at all, uh, because of the the nature of the, the former champions that we've been going into, but Stephen Malloy says he likes the sound of Sloane Stevens and Paul Anacone, which has also become a an arrangement over the last couple of months. So that that's an interesting one. I I think I could see that working as well.
1: Yeah, I agreed. I think that sounds just what she needs to me, just what she needs. So, so
2: which of which of the arrangements that we've listed do you think is going to have the the biggest impact on the pupil? Becca Jek Djokovic, Ivan Izovits chilich Murray Lendl, we, we can discount because that's that's already been shown. Edberg Federer, Breguera Gasquet, Chang Nishikuri.
1: It's hard to see any having as big and as tangible and as measurable an impact as Lendl has had on Murray for me. You know, he was an excellent player but not a champion before Lendl, and now he is a champion. Um, and. Um, could go on to be a world number one and, and, and prolific champion, who knows. Um, so I don't see any having as, as measurable an impact as that. I mean, it's really difficult with that Berg and Federer, isn't it? Because how do you... I mean, he's not going to make a Federer a better more skilled tennis player i don't i'm not i'm not sure anybody could you know that that's not what he's been brought in for my guess is that you know federer talks very um passionately and movingly um about what an idol edberg was for him growing up i mean there is no doubt that um he um has not disrespect for for Stefan Edberg, but almost hero worship really you can see still see when he talks about him he looks like that you know he's got the glint in his eye of that young boy watching Stefan Edberg on the TV and thinking wow you know that's what I, that's what I want to be so i think perhaps that's more of a sort of the 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 reinvigoration in the twilight of his career but uh, i just think The impact of that is going to be so difficult to measure. Um, The others, I don't think Richard Gasquet is going to be a Grand Slam champion, and I'm afraid with his level of talent, that is that's a underachievement is probably a bit hard, but harsh. It's this is really it's 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 really tricky. Of the I've dismissed Becker. Jokovic, I've pretty much just dismissed Federer, Edberg for different reasons. I do think that could be a successful partnership, though. But it's just not going to be as measurably successful as as Lendl Murray, Nishikori, Chang. Well, sh-
2: surely, sh- surely, if Federer were to win a slam now that would be a measurable success.
1: Ah, but you see, I predicted him to win another slam before Ed Berg came on board, didn't I? So I can't really say that. You can say that.
2: Yeah, I can say that. So I'm going to say but that. But st- are I, you I, still, I, still sticking
1: to your line of Federer will take our breath away one more time? Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. vague it's untrue.
2: No, hold on. If he goes and beats Andy Murray in the quarterfinals here at the Australian Open and then backs it up by beating Nadal with the Dow but then loses in the final, he'll have extracted our breath, will he not?
1: Well, exactly, that's my point. You you can claim to have had a successful prediction whether he goes on to win another slam, whether he goes on to win another ten slams, or whether he just records a notable victory against Andy Murray in the quarterfinals of a slam you win with that prediction so it's it's sneak yeah. sneakily See, done just just
2: smart isn't it Yeah. It's just very clever I'm, you know i'm i'm cleverer than a look you know um anyway so yeah well we're not we're not thinking too much of the success of these partnerships well, so far, no, but I, they are intriguing
1: it's intri- i th- i think Chang and Nishikori could be could be very interesting um yeah, very interesting. But, but we, I mean, he's won Kuyong this week, hasn't he? So, going, going well so far.
2: Yeah. Did you hear that Martina Hingis is doing a bit of work with Sabina Lazicki, albeit just as friends? I
1: didn't. So, that's a sort of informal partnership, is it? Because she was doing...
2: Yeah, it, it is, yeah.
1: She was doing... Um, wasn't she doing a bit of coaching last year as well? She
2: was. Yeah, she was working a
1: little with she, uh, with Tchenkova. Pam, yeah, Pavlia yeah, she was. But again, that was in a sort of slightly informal capacity, wasn't it? And I don't think it was hugely long-lived. I think maybe she's just been dipping her toe in the waters of coaching, hasn't she? Just seeing how it suits her, trying to find yeah. the right fit. And I know she was, last year at the Australian Open, she was keeping a very close eye on one of the Swiss junior players um sort of again not formally coaching her but sort of a bit of a mentoring thing so yeah she's obviously she's obviously got a serious interest in coaching
2: who did you say we we, we hadn't spoken about yet
1: oh the big one Goran and uh, Marin Cilic
2: yeah uh, there was a great line from uh, Marin who was asked about you know, what what uh, what he hopes Goran will bring. And he said, well, he's already helped my serve. And somebody said, oh, right, what's he done with your serve? Uh, and, and he said, well, he's just told me to hit it.
1: <laughs> well, this is it with with Goran and Chilich. I think Goran is just going to give him short shrift, frankly. I mean, he's going to say, I think he's going to say, what, the, what on earth are you playing at not serving and volleying? What on earth are you playing at, you know, not, using your game to its full potential and he's not gonna he's not gonna faff around with them, he's gonna tell him exactly what he thinks he should be doing. It. No, exactly. And yeah. and I
2: well, I, mean, I think that could I mean, be really Bob, good for him. Bob Brett him. is is Bob Brett is a wonderful coach, but he's a very cerebral um coach who explains every facet of the game and I, I think I think sometimes somebody like Goran coming along and just keeping a couple of notes to these guys might be the way
1: yeah no i i think you could be bang right i i could i mean it could it could all go horribly wrong (laughs) equally but i could see that one if it all just if it all just comes together i could see that one really working
2: Mm, yeah hey catherine there's been quite a lot of injuries um already in the season there often is in the off season and uh Andres Gomez, the great uh, Ecuadorian player who won the French Open in 1990, said, said to me on Twitter the other day, he said, the reason is it's because they're spending too much time in the gym. And he says the good thing is about all these old coaches coming back, they'll just get them playing matches and stop over-training.
1: Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, what, what, what's the science behind that? I mean, what specifically in the gym? I mean, is it, is it the too
2: nature of the... Training?
1: too much training i don't know i'm not in a position to i mean does he mean too much weights in the gym too much too much running too much
2: well surely catherine with your with your extensive gym schedule (coughs) yourself and your big matches against your brother you should have a a decent insight here i'm looking to you at this point
1: you're looking to me at this point. Well, I think maybe it's just this is just the shift in the argument we're seeing because, as we've we said in the past, with the with the schedule of of exhibition matches that these guys take on in their very oh so brief off season, it's very difficult to make the argument for them to credibly make the argument of oh you know we're all getting injured and we're all uh, tiring out. Because we play too many matches, their their credibility in that line of argument is severely damaged. So maybe they're having to take a different tack of, you know, oh, we're just spending a bit too much time in the gym.
2: Oh I don't know, Catherine. It's all a bit much for me. I'm I'm a bit confused. As you know, I spend zero time in the yep. gym and I've got no injuries, so what does that mean? Frankly, <laughs>
1: we're thoroughly underqualified to be making passing <laughs> any kind of comment in this area of discussion, yeah. aren't we? Hey, this is what we have to hold our hands up to.
2: Given it given I'm in Melbourne and it's glorious weather outside and the Australian Open starts tomorrow, should we talk about that?
1: <laughs> Maybe we should, yeah.
2: Yeah, OK. Well, first of all, before we get on to the actual draw, let's just talk about a couple of players who've been making uh, some headlines of their own. Leighton Hewitt. How much fun has it been to see Leighton Hewitt win that title in Brisbane? I mean, He beat Federer in the final. He, he got some great wins along the way. He beat Nishikori this is this is a promising couple of weeks, I know we've had this before last year, he had some wins and, and so forth and then he came up against I think Tip Saurich in the first round of the Australian Open and lost and he often gets a rough draw but he has got a chance of, I think, of getting through to the last 16 this year and playing the Dow. how good would that be?
1: Oh, do you know, seeing him win in Brisbane brought a smile to my face and a Tear to my eye, really. I, you know, I could not have more respect for Leighton Hewitt and what he's doing out there now, because, well, for for a multitude of reasons, really. Um, and I'm pleased to see that he's got a decent draw in Melbourne, because it, you know he absolutely deserves that not an easy draw but a decent draw is it? Andres... he's
2: had so many stinkers He has actually. had absolute stinkers first, Yeah, and I mean, it, Seppi is seeded but I mean Hewitt is going to beat him
1: yes absolutely uh, yeah I'm glad you said that with such conviction because I think so too um, and then he would have we well, could have isn't it he, is it Mitosevic he could have Mitosevic or Nishikori is that right?
2: Nishikori is uh, his potential yeah, third round opponent. Again, third round, I mean, and Nishikori's then it would be Nadal fourth talents. round. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think I think Hewitt is going to take take these guys
1: out. I, do you know what? I think you're right, and and I'm, I would just be delighted to see that I, uh, he so deserves to have that night session, fourth round match against against Rafa. This is assuming Rafa yeah, gets past does, Tomic in round one. Uh, he just absolutely has earned that. And and I, I'm so, so sorry. I know we're not supposed to be biased here. And sorry, Andrus Seppi and everyone else that lies in his way. But I desperately want him to, to, to have that fourth round match up and to make it not necessarily win, but to be able to make a match out of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hewitt, I, mean, I always remember the one when he reached the final here in 05. He played Nadal on the way, and he. he mm. was, I think he might have been two sets to one down. It was very close, mm. and he just about squeaked past him. But, I mean, Hewitt has been a professional tennis player for more than half of his life.
1: He's an absolute That's, trooper, uh, isn't he? And and for him to be, the injuries he's had and just, and seeing his his game become... Outdated before his eyes, if you like, to 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 tumble from being a an utterly dominant world number one to being, frankly, uh, you know, not even mentioned in the conversation for for grand slams, really. And to stick in there, and you know, for self belief, there is there is nobody second to to Leighton Hewitt, and I just have the ultimate respect for him for that.
2: Yeah. Hey, you mentioned Tomic who got to the final in Sydney lost to my pick for the title, one Martin Del Potro. And uh, Tomic is um did you just laugh? <laughs> it, it, it was it
1: was, a, it was an involuntary snigger is how I would have described it.
2: Okay, well we'll see. Um, <laughs> Bernard Tomic is um is playing the down in the first round. Now, I I said on Twitter the other day, you know, you wouldn't actually put it past him. Um because he's He's a weird player isn't he tommy he 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 he's a about fifty percent a better player in Australia than he is anywhere in the world i don't i mean which I always find quite unusual I know he's got his home fans, but a lot of players you think of Emily moresmo and mm. Sam stosa who struggle so much in front of the home fans, but Tomic is just he's he he grows a couple of inches when when he's in Australia, and I just think. If if Nadal comes out in any way a little bit tight or or or, or slow, Tomek could cause him some trouble.
1: Absolutely, uh, it, it was was it was last year, wasn't it? That he, was it two years ago that he got Fadasco first round and came back from two sets to love down? Two years yes. ago, wasn't it? It was two years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, I, think, I think so. He, I he think...
2: certainly did. Yeah, he beat him.
1: And and I think he's going to strut out. I don't think he's going to come out looking like the underdog, much. I think his body language, as you say, grows two inches on that court and he's going to come strutting out. Um, I'm not picking him to win. I think that would be too bold. But I certainly agree with you that if Nadal is subpar at all, he could have a problem, absolutely. Um,
2: yeah, no, I think so. I mean... It, 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 I would still pick Nadal because I think if you have to err on the sort of balance of probability, don't you, really? Um, and, and, I mean, Nadal <laughs> has earned us not to doubt him, but still... He he had a little bit of a whinge in his press conference yesterday, Nadal about the speed of the court. He said it's it is it is much faster than he remembers. Admittedly, that was two years ago. So players like Murray were saying, well, it was it's the same as last year, but of course Nadal wasn't there last year. But that could play into Tomic's hands a little bit to have that slightly different bouncing ball that he can shoot through at him or slide through at him and. I just think he could cause him some trouble. I think he could could get at least a set. Now, of course, he was beaten, Tomek, in the final of Sydney by Juan Martin Del Potro, who I have been saying for a couple of months now is going to win the Australian Open, haven't I? Yeah, oh, uh, yes, and, and you I have. Still, yes, you have. And I, I'm, stick, I'm sticking by that.
1: Well, I I don't. You've got to stick by it now. You're not going to be allowed not to stick by it, David. You
0: can't get out of that now. The
2: only problem is he's going to play. He's going to play Nadal in the quarterfinals, and then he's going to play Murray in the semifinals and Djokovic in the final. He has the draw from hell.
1: I love the way you say he's going to, as if this is all inevitable. Him, him reaching the final and playing Djokovic—that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, we do. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do. your money on, you your money it, it, on it now. Her, and... Heard it here first and heard it here only.
2: That's right. <laughs> That's right, you did. So, um, here's a few matches to look forward to. So, we've, we've already said Nadal, Hewitt, fourth round. How about this one? Ryanich against Dimitrov in the third round.
1: Yeah. I, if, you know Winner my you Del know Potro. my feelings on Ryanich, David. I... I'm yet to be convinced.
2: He leaves you underwhelmed, doesn't he? He does
1: leave me underwhelmed. Yeah, he poor just, on Milos. I find it very hard to get excited about Milos Ran. I think he's a very decent player, and I think he just because of the nature is of his game. I mean, you know, all of the strength of strength of his game are obvious. He's a he's a top ten player. I don't. I just don't see him as. Taking our breath away as you like to say I don't I don't see it I will hold my hands so up G- if I'm wrong but um
2: Gr- Grigor's barely won a match though I mean he he uh, he won his first round I think in Brisbane then he lost second round then he's lost all of his matches in kuyong well
1: Gr- Grigor is the absolute opposite to me Grigor there's there's nobody up and coming with more potential to take our breath away than Grigor Dimitrov but nobody with more potential to disappoint us. You know, Raonic, I have every confidence in him being a solid top 10 player, but zero confidence in him taking our breath away. Uh, Dimitrov inspires absolutely no confidence in me in terms of
0: his consistency. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Uh, currently still but um inspires me in every other way i suppose so it is he's,
2: he's coached now by roger rashid and i think that's going to be a good alliance agreed
1: absolutely agreed
2: Andy Murray against either John Isner or Philip Kohlschreiber in the fourth round potentially um Kohlschreiber always causes Isner problems, but Isner just won the tournament in Auckland, so he's in a bit of form,
1: yeah, I don't see Murray being troubled by John Isner. don't see it
2: come on the, the although about you know it's not like fourth. we've
1: we've not seen a lot of a lot of post surgery Murray have we I mean, who knows what to expect but Provided he's. I think,
2: I think you're selling John Isner short there, Catherine. The guy's just won in Auckland and he's got the biggest serve on planet. He's
1: had the biggest serve on the planet for several years now and not done a hint of anything in a Grand Slam. So.
2: Well, I think you're writing him off too soon there. We'll have to revisit that one in a couple of weeks' time. Okie dokie. Uh, Joe Wilfrid-Songa against Marin Cilic potentially in the third round. Winner to play Federer.
1: Yeah, I like the sound of that. that <laughs> I'm sure Goran saw that draw and, and why well, I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's relishing it. Um, winner to play who's, Roger Who's going like, to come like, through like, that section? Who's going to come through that section? What To what stage? To the quarter? Who's going to win out of yeah, Chilich yeah. and Songa? Gonna,
2: yeah, are we going to get Songa against Federer or Cilic against Federer? I think, I think we'll get
1: I'm afraid Goran. Uh I Don't think Don't tell him I said that. I think we'll get Songa against Federer. Songa loves it down there, doesn't yeah. he? I do think we'll get Songa against Federer. And,
2: and do you I, I think there's a decent chance Songa could beat
1: Federer. I do t- I do too. I do. I think you're right there. Mm.
2: All the fireworks are in the top half of the draw, aren't they? Because the bottom half of the draw is probably Berdic against Karlovic in the third round, winner to play Tommy Haas. Then Michael Eugenie against David Ferrer, fourth round. Vavrinka against Gasquet, nice backhand match that would be, in the fourth round. Then at the bottom of the draw, Gulbis against Djokovic. So the bigger names are in the top half, and obviously there's Djokovic, but apart from him, it's that other bracket, isn't it, of players that are below them? Well, I mean, that's probably a bit unfair on David Ferrer, actually, now now I say that. I mean, he's the third seed. Um, but you 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 can't see Ferrer winning the title.
1: I don't see him winning the Australian Open either. Um, I'm afraid, David. Um, but I'll tell you what, he'll be pleased with his draw. And <laughs> if he sees himself yeah, winning it, the Australian yeah. Open, he probably sees it happening this year because... He, in this year he's not going to get a draw as good as that um, I like the look of it for Varinka as well I think he, yeah. he'll he be uh, eyeing up that draw and I could see him um, having a really good run in Australia and I'd like to see him have a really good run as well God I'd like to see him have a, a match like he did last year against Djokovic that would be
2: well they could couldn't they there could be a quarterfinal yeah that.
1: God that, if it was even a patch on, on last year's match that would be uh, a, a real treat
2: Yeah, match of the year for me, that one. Well, here are my semi-finalists, Catherine. I'm going to go with uh, Nadal against... um, No, hold on. No, I'm not. I'm going with Del Potro against Murray. Hang on. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa there, David. Yeah? (laughs) You don't... Are you just going with Del Potro because you have to go with Del Potro? It sounded a lot to me like you looked at that and thought, hmm... Nadal's going to beat Delpo. No
2: no, 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 no. I just, I, th- I, th- I was looking at their quarterfinal okay. and thinking it was the semi-final. Okay, so it's Del you're Potro not, in you're not trying semis. to hedge your bet to- here. No, no, no. no it's none Del of that. Potro in the semis against Andy Murray, right? Mm-hmm. And then it is. Um, do I think that? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I'm just going to just about going to put Murray in the semis, uh, and then I'm going to go with. Um, Ta David Ferrer against Djokovic.
1: Okay. Okay. So And then it's
2: gonna be Del Potro against Djokovic in the final, Del Potro to win the title.
1: Wow. Wow, Del Potro to beat Djokovic in the final. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I guess this is where I have to say what I'm predicting then.
2: Yeah, well, you're always saying I send, have to make you this go first. This is true, so I do, yeah, I I'm do. A, you know, the... You've got to give me all the credit in the world, is what I say.
1: Okay, well, I'm predicting uh, Djokovic. I'm not writing Del Potro off, but I think my snigger, involuntary as it was, was a bit harsh, Harsh because I don't think it's... Well, who's I in
2: Del Potro, then? Nadal. Okay, go on then, carry
1: on. I am going for... NADAL and MURRAY I'm being so bold here with these predictions aren't I Um Nadal and Murray um I'm going for hmm I'm going for I I how can I not predict Djokovic in the final so bottom half I am I'm going to go for Djokovic and Ferrer there we go. Oh, so another
2: another, another Nadal Djokovic final. Another
1: Nadal Djokovic final, or another Murray Djokovic final. It uh, was well, certainly Djokovic. I mean, just, this is all just a dream come true for Djokovic, isn't it? He's probably thinking, "Why have I agreed to pay Becker all this money? I don't need him with a draw like that." Um, I will go. Yes, I will go for Nadal Djokovic final. There we go
2: winner
1: oh so boring but but Djokovic I'm there we go I'm predicting that the world number one will win the next Grand Slam well, that's
2: all right that's as that's, long as it happens. that's that's why that's, fine. That's, I mean, that's why they pay you know, me the
1: big bucks
2: <laughs> yeah admit, admittedly if Del Potro <laughs> wins to put my neck then, on the you know, line I want every tennis podcast listener to bow down before me if Del Potro does it. I mean, this is all
1: academic, really, isn't it? Because Grigor Dimitrov's going to win. That's what we really think. We're just not well, allowed to say it. Yeah. The
2: yeah. No, time has come. Uh, now, the women's well, draw. Do you is... know what,
1: David? The time has to come sometime, doesn't it?
2: No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm not convinced it's coming. <laughs> no. Um the top off the uh, the women's draw um, some good matches. Uh, the first round Serena Williams against Ash Barty. Sadly Ash Barty hurt herself a couple of weeks ago so uh, how competitive she would be able to be anyway even fully fit I don't know but when, with that injury uh, I think she's going to struggle. I mean, She's a 17 year old Australian great fun, great sort of attitude and, uh, and so forth but it's going to be a big ask. I'd love to see Sam Stosa put it together and play Serena in the fourth round.
1: Oh me too me too but she just I mean, as you said, the polar opposite of um, Bernard Thomas. She just, for whatever reason, it's Emily Moresmo syndrome, doesn't it? She just can't. She uh, she just can't get her head together in Australia, can she? The pressure is immense, and she's a very she's a very quiet, understated woman. And I don't think she enjoys that level of scrutiny. And I'm very sympathetic, but. Um, and and I'd hate to see her have a sorry first or second round exit as she has done in recent years. Um, I certainly don't see her getting past Serena in the fourth round, but it'd be great to see her at least get there and and have that, you know, big crowd-pulling match. But um, she doesn't inspire confidence does she? No, unfortunately, no,
2: no, no, she doesn't. Sadly, um, we we also, and we still don't know how Laura Robson is. She she's not managed to get through a match this year yet. Pulled out of um, Auckland, then withdrew in during a match in Hobart. Um, she's in the, the that that sort of quarter with uh, Serena, um, but um, most likely, I think in that section you're going to. I think Madison Keys, who's the big hitting teenager from America, will come through and play. Eugenie Bouchard. That would be good, wouldn't it? God, that would I'd be like good. Yeah, that.
1: that's what that's what women's tennis needs—a match like that, the, a showcase of what's to come in in women's tennis when this generation have 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 moved on. That's exactly what it needs, and I hope that if that happens, it would be given you know a prominent place on the billing, maybe even Rod okay, Laver Arena.
2: I'll, I'll arrange that then. Um, and then we have uh, Lina. Uh, most likely against either Venus Williams or Sabina Lazicki. Uh, either one of those would be good matches, so we'll, we'll, we'll arrange those. Um, and then Angelique Kerber against Petra Kvitova, who, Petra Kvitova, is my prediction to reach the semi-finals. Is she? Play Serena.
1: Despite losing in the second round to Laura Robson last year.
2: Yeah, she, I, I saw her in Sydney, and admittedly she went out to an inspired Svetlana Poronkova, who I, I saw play a couple of times, and I thought she really played well. But Kvitova, when she's on, she's one of those players who can actually match these top players. You know, Sharapova, Azarenka, Serena. She's in that company in terms of talent.
1: She is, she is, but she's in that category of, of players that just does not inspire confidence because sometimes i've seen I, I i can't remember which it was on the indoor tournaments at the end of last year and she just looked awful and i and i just thought how can you you are such a good tennis player how can you look this this woeful and i guess it's because she has a she low percentage game when time, it when it's off it's it's really I, off uh, the,
2: the thing is, she won a tournament at the end of last year in Tokyo, and then I think she got to the the semis in Beijing. And I think she was just running on fumes, to be honest, at the at the time. Um, Which is I think understandable. She looks fresh. And I-, I think she looks fit, and and I do think. I mean, you're quite right about her not inspiring confidence because she has an erratic game. That's the problem.
1: Mm, well, exactly. It's low percentage, and when it goes wrong, it gets hor- it goes horribly wrong.
2: Yeah, no, it is. Uh, bottom half of the draw, we have uh, Jankovic against Halep, probably fourth round, uh, Sibulkova against Sharapova, Radvanska Wozniaki, and then Sloane-Stevens with a wrist injury, uh, or Kuznetsova against Azarenka. Hard to see past an Azarenka-Sharapova semi for me.
1: It is certainly Azarenka, I see. Um, she She just loves Melbourne, doesn't she? And she's probably embraced there more than she is elsewhere. You know, we've discussed on the tennis podcast that she isn't necessarily the most warmly received um, the world over for for a lot of reasons that are perhaps unfair to her, but whatever reasons they are. Um, But I really do see her, without much doubt, coming through her half of the draw. Sharapova, yes, I, I think she's the most likely... I don't feel quite as confident in her, though, as, as I do in Azarenka. I think possibly a Rad, no, Radvanska well, injuries, could come through. Well, exactly. I, th- I, d- I do think there's possibly a glimmer of light for a Radvanska. Um, yeah, but Radvanska's
2: in Azarenka's section. That's the problem. So uh, the ones that could stop Sharapova getting to the semis, Jankovic, Howard. Ah, so, sh- uh, yes. Uh, yeah, sh- sh- I'm
1: looking... Mm. Well it would have to be it. who's the door open for then in that
2: I mean Jankovic is the most highly ranked but Halop is probably the one with the little bit of an x factor about her
1: Yeah it, I mean Yankovic, I Jankovic I don't feel is a is a is a world world beater anymore um no. so Yeah but I mean I think that bottom half of the draw is Azarenka's for me I, I can't see past her reaching the right. final.
2: Yeah. OK, well, I'm going to go for Serena in the final just because I think if she plays her best tennis, she's the best player, simple as. And she's going to face... I think she's going to face Azarenka. And I think it's going to be a continuation of the rivalry. I think it's going to be a classic final. And I think Serena will, will squeeze through it. I agree. Hooray! We agree on something. <laughs> Bore- <laughs> Who thought it?
1: Boring, boring. Sorry, listeners.
2: Not to worry. Well, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Catherine, you better get to bed because it's about, what is it, 1.30 in the morning this, there?
1: This is the latest I've been up since I was about 17.
2: Oh, dear. <laughs> I do apologise. Look what I've done, listeners. Uh, look what the tennis podcast has done to Catherine Whittaker. You've led sent her me off the rails.
1: You've led me astray.
2: I don't know. I don't know. Well, if that's why she sounds a bit tired, that's why, you see. Uh, whereas I'm full of the beans of spring... Full of the joys of springtime. Full of beans and full of the joys. And uh, the reason is because it is sunny outside. It is going to get hot and humid here in Melbourne. Enjoy the 40 degrees on the TV, watch them fry an egg, enjoy the Australian Open tennis and do listen back to us after the Australian Open and we'll speak to you soon.